You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Hi guys. Hi. We're like a little loopy it's right us. now. <laughs> we're back. Um, yeah, so we just recorded the most amazing interview. Yes. It was so good. Yes. Um, but first, before we get into it, yes. we want to talk about our event. Yep. And we know that you avid listeners have heard about it so much, <laughs> but we are so excited and we yes. want to remind you one more time. Well, this won't be the last time. Yeah, let's be honest. But there will be two more times. times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but April 4th, our event with Silver Fern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a Thursday. What else are you doing on a Thursday other right. than wanting to hang out with us, exactly. learn about gut health? Um, but you guys know if you've listened before that we interviewed Charity Lighten of Silver Fern, and she's just a complete gut health expert. She's mm-hmm. someone that we look up to so much in the wellness community and she's just like a ray of sunshine in our lives Mm -hmm. so she'll be traveling to boston to talk to us about gut health um we're gonna have an amazing yoga session Mm -hmm. with wendy and mike they're amazing they're from core power yoga they both are gonna kick our butts in yoga and then we're gonna have dinner with dig in so here's the deal guys you're gonna learn about gut health. You're gonna have dinner, <laughs> and you're gonna do your workout all in a span of two hours. And you're gonna get the world's most bomb goodie oh, bag. Amazing! I, I want this. Goodie I'm bag. so excited for this goodie bag. So this is just—it's like Christmas morning on a Thursday <laughs> in April. Come on, for us wellness lovers. <laughs> um, so we want to see you there. It truly would mean the world mm-hmm. to see your faces. There's nothing we love more than meeting this mm-hmm. community that we're starting. Um, not starting, that we've started. That we've created. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's about two weeks out now, so yeah. just want to send that reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, but buy your damn tickets. <laughs> buy them now. <laughs> um, potential spoiler alert, but mm-hmm. I think it's a good transition. Mm-hmm. One of the amazing products that you'll get in the goodie bag if you attend this event is um, from Beekeepers Naturals, mm-hmm. who we interviewed the founder, Carly Stein, today, and she just lit up our I'm, Tuesday night. Like, I feel like I could conquer the world <laughs> after talking to her. She is so amazing, so young. Yeah. Just crushing the game. She worked at Goldman Sachs, crushed it there, then decided, hey, I'm going to be a beekeeper's apprentice somewhere in there. And then she started a business all about products and I guess not products, ingredients. Yeah, that, that bees produce. Yeah. Did you know that bees produce more than honey? I didn't. I didn't either, but I will now be using propolis mm-hmm. every single day. You'll learn what that is and why it's so good for us. And so fun to say. So fun. Um, <laughs> and royal jelly, which I feel like is fitting for... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feeling like the queens we are. Oh, we are all queens. <laughs> you are a queen. We are queens. Everyone's a queen. <laughs> Carly is a freaking queen. Um, so we hope you enjoy this episode. Please, please, please listen until the end because we talk about a campaign that Beekeepers Naturals is running right now for International Women's Month. That's bomb. Mm-hmm. And we're going to post about it, but also listen to the end because you're going to want to know the details. Mm-hmm. And it's, it'll donate money to a great cause. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so excited for this one, guys. We're so always pumped. excited as humans, but this one is like a new level. So let us know what you think about mm-hmm. the episode. Follow us on Instagram where you can keep up with us day to day. Um, On Facebook, we have an amazing secret Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Um, Request to join. We'll add you right in. Mm -hmm. We're having great combos in there, such as 
things that annoy us at airports. Yeah, that's a great thread. It is. I live on that thread. <laughs> it's the best. I do too. Some it's, heated debates. Oh, yeah, this really gets me going. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, you know, join in the fun. You can also follow us on our personal Instagram accounts if yeah. you want to. I'm Best Friend Beck. <laughs> and I'm Musings by Megan. We have some alliterations, you know? Um, I guess that's kind of, like, it's like an alliteration sandwich. Yeah. B and B and then M and M. Yeah. Deep thoughts on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> enjoy the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week we have Carly on, who is the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, um, which both Beck and I are really interested in. It's like something new and different in the wellness world, and we're so excited um, to bring her story to you guys. So I feel like this is kind of the standard podcast question, but you know we've done research into your story, but we would love to just start with how you started this, what sparked this idea. It's so unique and different um and we'd love to share that with our listeners yeah so first of all thank you guys so much for having me i'm really excited to be chatting with you but what sparked all of this so it's an interesting story because it's kind of a company that was never meant to be a company um i really just sort of stumbled into my passion and i came to it from my own place of solving a health challenge So I'll take you back to the beginning. So I have an autoimmune condition where I just can't take antibiotics. And it doesn't affect my life all that much now. But growing up, it was really challenging because I had a really weak immune system. I was always getting sick. I had chronic tonsillitis. I always had strep throat. And I didn't, although I was always sick, I didn't really have anything to turn to to cure me. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was, you know, always getting run down and the end effect would be, you know, as a kid, I'd be out of school for like two, three weeks at a time. Um, I was always missing out on things and I always just really didn't feel good. Mm. Um, And, you know, I can't over the counter, most over the counter medicine isn't accessible to me at all. And then even things like NyQuil, Buckley's, the sort of conventional cold and flu stuff, it would cause an adverse reaction. So I just didn't have any options. I was always sick. My parents didn't know what to do with me. Um, and that was just sort of the state of affairs. And because I was always sick and because I, w- I was reacting to most of the conventional medicines, it sort of pushed me to start really paying attention and searching for things in the natural health world. So I started really exploring the world, um, the, just the natural health world, the holistic world, just as a consumer, just looking for something that could cure me. And I was really fascinated by this world and I found a lot of really interesting things and learned a lot, but I often ended up really frustrated because I would spend a lot of time and money on these latest and greatest superfoods. And a lot of it was fad driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it was, you know, even the stuff that isn't fad driven that, and there's, there's plenty of stuff that's not fad driven that has real merit. A lot of the time, the products I would find that was made of these good ingredients, they just weren't really high quality. And there'd be a lot of products that were beautifully designed and really well marketed that made a lot of claims about, you know, saving the world and curing you and detoxing you and all that stuff but they just didn't really deliver on results. So Mm -hmm. I was in this weird space where I was really interested and in love with the idea of, you know, holistic solutions, but also really disillusioned because I would try this and that. And, you know, I I would spend money that I didn't have and pay a premium for these superfoods that just didn't really deliver on results. So that continued and I just continued kind of the exploration. And when I was in college, I did a semester abroad Uh, I was studying in Europe and it was while I was in Italy that I got really, really sick. I got really severe tonsillitis to the point where I was having a hard time breathing. Yeah, not fun. And I was going to have to come home and have surgery. And so I was like, you know what? This is the final straw. I'm always sick. I'm always missing out. The last thing that I want to do right now is cut my time abroad short and come home. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was out there and I was really just looking for anything to keep me out there to make me feel better. And I went into a pharmacy when I was in Florence and the pharmacist took one look at me and my face was like visibly swollen. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it was not cute. But she took one look at me and she was like, you need propolis. And that was really interesting because, you know, I fancy myself kind of a 
health product connoisseur and I had never even heard of this propolis stuff. And so I was interested and I was like, sure, you know what? I'm willing to try anything, but what is it? And she's like, it's from the bees. And I was like, oh, okay. So honey. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, 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 not honey. Propolis, different thing. So I was like, okay, not totally sure what you're talking about, but I'll take it. (laughs) So I purchased propolis and it came in this like little black tincture with no information on it. And, that's exactly um, what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you want when you're sick. Um, but I was, you know, I was desperate and willing to try anything. So I did and I started using it and it was pretty remarkable. I, for the first time in my life, experienced recovery. Um, so I'm starting to use this product and for the first time, something's really working. And it was about, in about five days, the inflammation was radically reduced and I started to really seriously feel better. Um, So after that, I was like, oh my God, I found something that works for me. After, you know, a lifetime of trial and error, I've actually found something that is delivering on results. And so even at that point, although I had just found like finally the number one superfood for me, I was still not thinking about starting a company, but I Mm -hmm. was thinking, okay, here's my solution. And it was really interesting because as I continued to explore Europe and, you know, we know Europe's really progressive with their natural health compared to North America. I started really learning about the use case for different bee products, even beyond propolis. So I remember being in a smoothie bar in Copenhagen and they had bee pollen on their smoothies. And when I was in France, there was like all of these anti-aging royal jelly products, and even, you know, skincare products that had royal jelly and propolis was really accessible and it was always found in the cold and flu section. So I started just using all these different products as a consumer and I really was feeling better than ever. And so for the first time in my life, I wasn't, you know, waking up with a scratchy throat or after a one late night out waking up with flu like symptoms, I was Mm -hmm. actually functioning at a really high level, despite the fact that I was on the go college student abroad, not living the healthiest life. Right. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. So they they really kind of played a remarkable role in my health. And uh, again, just kind of thinking about it as a consumer, I was just really excited about this class of products and kind of blown away by the fact that they work so well. And yet I hadn't really heard of them before. So when I came home, um, you know, finishing up my final semester of school and midterms roll around. And of course, with the stress and the all nighters, um, I get sick again and I got, I got strep throat and I got a pretty aggressive bound of it. And so I was like, okay, this is okay. I know what to do. I just need propolis. Mm-hmm. So I go to a few health food stores. Nobody really has any idea what I was talking about. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I started searching at the farmer's market and I, I did find somebody who had propolis at the farmer's market. And so I purchased it and I was all excited But then when I used the propolis, I actually ended up having an allergic reaction to it, which was kind of scary. Interesting. And I found out later what I was reacting to was, although I purchased this like super expensive, fancy artisanal organic propolis from like the beautiful little farmer's market, there were trace amounts of pesticides in it. And Mm. with my allergies, that just won't work for me. And then beyond that, when you're purchasing a health product, you know, the last thing that you want is to expose yourself to more toxins. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to do this myself. Um, So I contacted the local beekeeping association. I literally just Googled it, um, found some, found some local beekeepers and got in touch with some people. (laughs) And um, I got in, I got in touch with one guy who was kind of in the middle of nowhere. So I figured, you know, the bees fly. Yeah. I have to, I have to really pay attention to where my propolis and my bee products are being sourced from. So I need to find somebody who's keeping bees in the middle of nowhere. And I found just that. I found a guy who he was a retired or he is a retired biochemist. Um, He moved from Romania to Canada to sort of be a recluse and keep bees. And he was sort of in the middle of nowhere. And I started off just buying raw product from him. And it was the first time the first time I went to purchase raw product. I had never seen an apiary. An apiary is basically a bee farm. Mm -hmm. I had never seen one before. I didn't really know very much about the bees. I knew a lot about bee products at that time, but really not much about the creatures. And the first time I saw an apiary, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, <laughs> what is this? I don't know why, but I have never been more pulled to anything in my life. Wow. Uh, and, and I need to see more of this. And I've always been like, you know, nature hippie chick mm-hmm. um, and obsessed with like every single creature on the planet. <laughs> But I, I just had this really strong reaction. And so, you know, after I kind of built up a rapport with him, I basically asked him if I could work for him for free. And next thing you know, I was a beekeeper's apprentice. And I started, <laughs> <That's incredible. laughs> which, was like, which was like my friends literally thought was insane. Um, many people still think is insane. It's like but I really, my LinkedIn status to yeah, beekeeper apprentice. Beekeeper now. <laughs> but yeah, I was like working for free, but I was learning everything. And then I had the added benefit of being a student. So you know, I would go into and learning from somebody who has a science background as well was a really mm-hmm. unique and special experience. But so I would, you know, go out into the apiary and learn about all these different things and learn about how the bees function and the different ways that different cultures will integrate their products for healing. And then I was able to use my university database and use our lab and start kind of making product. And still at this point, I'm really not thinking about starting a company. I did not have the confidence to do that at that time, um, or even, I guess, put it into words what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I, I was having the most fun in the world, just kind of playing mad scientist and perfecting these products for myself. And then at the same time, I was feeling better than ever. I had really healed myself. And for, for the first time, I wasn't sort of a victim of my health. I really kind of was able to control things and take things into my own hands. And my immune system was just really changing as I was incorporated in these products. And so I'm just sort of finding my passion here and and considering it a hobby. And next thing you know, I start sharing these different products I'm making with friends and people on campus. And after that, people start reaching out and wanting to purchase the product. So that was sort of the first moment where I was like, okay, this might be a thing because Mm -hmm. people beyond myself were having a really powerful healing experience with these products. And I noticed that there was a general appetite for all natural alternatives. Like people want to get away from antibiotics and Buckley's and NyQuil and they want something that's all natural, but they need something that's going to be just as effective. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of doing this words kind of gets out and people are really loving these products and then comes time to graduate. And there's like a part of me that thinks, Oh my gosh, what if I started a business around this? But that sounded crazy, and I had no money when I graduated, as most students as do. <laughs> yeah, um, and I had a and I had a really I was really fortunate to have a really good job offer out of school because of um, that I got through one of my internships in the summer. And so I had a job offer to work at a hedge fund, and you know that was an exciting job offer, and it made socially it made a lot of sense to my friends and family to go work at the fancy hedge fund and yeah. not start a crazy bee product company. Um, so I took that job and I was at this hedge fund for about 10 months. And then after that, I got recruited by Goldman Sachs and I joined them as an equity and derivatives trader. And it was while I was at Goldman that I found myself in a place where I was just really unhappy. I had this great on paper job. Um, I was quote unquote successful to the outside world, but I was really miserable. My mental health was just really kind of declining and, Mm -hmm. It was because I had this job that although it was great on paper, it was just not me or what I wanted. And um, I just felt a real lack of purpose. And so it got to a point, not to mention I was working some pretty crazy hours. But yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, but it got to a point. I mean, it wasn't really the hours. It was more it was more the social dynamic. I felt really different. I felt really isolated. And I'm just not motivated by the things that my peers were motivated at that job. I'm very much a purpose-driven person. And I, I sort of just found myself in that job, just kind of taking good opportunities and not take, not sitting down and thinking about what's a good opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, you know, a golden handcuff situation. I had this great job and I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm how am I this ungrateful? Like I have this great career ahead of me yet. I feel isolated. I feel miserable. I feel really alone. Um, and I feel really scared to make any moves out, out of this career because this is what I'm told is the best opportunity I'll ever have. So mm-hmm. it was a really, it was not the best time. Um, I, I became really anxious and depressed and it got to a point and, you know, I had zero social life as well. That doesn't help, but 
Um, it got to a point where I was like, this is not sustainable. So I sat down and I made a spreadsheet about happiness and I was just trying really hard to identify. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just trying to take charge because how I was feeling was, you know, not okay. And, um, I, I I was trying to just identify the times in my life when I was really happy and how can I take pieces of that and build that into my day to day now or into my week now, because I don't like how I'm feeling. And, when I was when I was making this spreadsheet, the thing that I kept coming back to was beekeeping, bees, and making products. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, these are the thing. This is the time that I was the happiest. This is something that really fills me up. I can't quit my job because I need this to survive, and it's right. apparently the best opportunity I'll ever have. Um, but why can't I just do this as a hobby? Why can't this just be like a weird hobby I have? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's between Toronto and Manhattan. So I couldn't really keep bees in my yard, nor did (laughs) I have a yard. Um, But I I did have a kitchen and there's no reason why I couldn't order some lab gear off Amazon, which I did. And I can, I can make bee products. So that's what I started doing. I started sourcing from the beekeeper who I had apprenticed with. And I started making bee products in my kitchen and it was really just this little hobby. And my intention was to give them out to friends and family the same way, you know, I don't know if you, people sometimes have like a relative who knits and they'll make you a sweater. Oh, I was sure. like, I can, yep. I can be that, but yep. I'll just be like the slightly weirder version with bee products. Just the bee relative. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just the classic <laughs> bee girl, you know, everyone's got one. Um, so I started just thinking about it that way. And then Next thing you know, I was making more and more and I started spending my weekends at farmer's markets and I would stand at the booth, farmer's markets, pop-ups, just basically any place where I could sell product, I would do it. And so that, you know, people, if they didn't think I was crazy when I started beekeeping in college, they sure as hell thought I was crazy now because like what Wall Street trader stands at a farmer's market booth (laughs) all Saturday and Sunday. But I was making these products. I was having these really impactful interactions with customers and I was starting to feel happy again and in the customers who are purchasing these products it was it was a really amazing time because I was getting this I was getting this really amazing customer feedback loop Um, I was able to perfect the product and I was feeling really driven and inspired by the healing stories of my customer base and you know I had a lot of customers who they have overdone it with antibiotics or maybe they have a child or a family member who's autoimmune or they've gone through some sort of experience where they need something to support their immune system but what's available to them is just not working and they were having really powerful responses to the products I was making and it got to a point where they started asking if I could send it to their relative in Chicago or send it to their friend here and I was like okay I guess uh it was all it was all done in a reactive manner right. but i was like i guess i'll set up a website cuz these people need to get it yeah. so i set up a website and next thing you know i was getting a lot of orders too many orders to do in my teeny tiny apartment so i got online and found a co-packer and it just sort of built up that way and it got to a point where um we started retailing the product in canada and i launched with whole foods and we were in 600 stores across Canada shipping internationally and like, no I was big living deal, this Whole like Foods. it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well it was crazy because I was like living this like secret double life um <laughs> and yeah I got to a point where I was like okay I guess someone needs to run this company and I yeah. want it to be me so I finally got up the courage got the courage together and I I made that transition and I I left Goldman end of 2016 and um, haven't really looked back since. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And I just want to put it out there. You still have your tonsils, correct? <laughs> I do. I have my tonsils. <laughs> so insane. Um, I love that story so much. And I think a lot of it people can resonate with. I think a lot of our audience, they're in corporate jobs or they're doing something that may not necessarily be making them happy. And they have these awesome side projects or hobbies that 
you know, they're interested in. Um, and so I feel like your story is very inspiring um, to those people. And I think it's super brave of you as well. Um, you mentioned, you know, having that golden handcuff. And sometimes it's hard because you're right. The whole world is telling you that, you know, this is the greatest opportunity, like right out of college, you're working for this great company, you know, like the career path that you're on is going to make you so much money and it's just going to be fabulous. But at the end of the day, if it's not aligned with how you really feel, that's not going to be worth it for you. Um, and your mental health isn't worth it. So, um, I'd love for you to, to hit on a little bit. You mentioned that um, at first you didn't have the confidence to even start a business or think about starting a business. So kind of what was that thought process like as you kind of came to terms that the business was happening? Um, and how did you how did you find that confidence to do it? So that I think, I mean, that certainly was the hardest piece for me. And it's something that I continue to work on. But I had this really toxic narrative that something like starting a company, I mean, I had done sciences in my undergrad, I had never taken a business course. And now I know that I have a very entrepreneurial personality, and I feel very at home in my job. But I had a really toxic narrative that, you know, I wasn't good enough, and I didn't have the skill set. And I'm not the type of person who does this. When the reality is, there's no type of person who does this. Like the you just have to be a person who's willing to work your ass off. Mm -hmm. But I had this idea that I just wasn't good enough or wasn't capable enough. And that held me back a lot. And that also kept me in opportunities that were the wrong opportunities for me. Mm -hmm. um, because I had this, this really sort of warped self concept, something like the job at Goldman Sachs, which is a great opportunity. And I was very fortunate to have. And at the same time that I got that job, I had a lot of friends that, you know, weren't able to find jobs out of school. Um, or, you know, weren't able to hold jobs. And I felt, I felt like, if not this, then what? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so lucky to be here. And I don't even deserve this. Um, and so, so that narrative is the same narrative that also kept me in a job that was really wrong for me because I thought I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. If, if not this, then I'll have nothing else. Um, and so what it came down to was basically the realization that freedom is more important than fear. It was fears and it was these fearful stories that were keeping me in this holding pattern and it was getting in the way of my freedom. And mm. I just had to make, and I was, I was still just as scared when I made all these decisions. I'm still scared when I make big decisions today, mm -hmm. but I make them with more ease because I know that on the other side of them is freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's really just making a con it's, it's constantly making the choice between fear and freedom every time you do something hard. So I also now I've done, I've, I've made these scary decisions enough times that I've built up this, this muscle, everything's a muscle. It's, you know, the more times you do something, the, the better you get at it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how bad you are initially. It's just reality. The more times you do something, the harder you work at something, you just get better. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten really good at doing shit that I'm scared of. Um, <laughs> and, and that's really what you need to cultivate, I think, to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've worked on my confidence by continuing to put myself in positions where I have low confidence and working through it anyways. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing advice. And it's funny. I feel like I can see a lot of my former self and your former self. And even, you know, from a super young age in like, you know, elementary school or middle school and knowing the answer with 100% certainty, but not raising my hand because I was scared that, you know, I, I probably was wrong um, and kind of having that mindset going into things. So I love that. I'm going to like write that down after this interview <laughs> um, <laughs> that freedom is more important in f than fear. And it's it's important to do things that scare you. Um, you know, on a semi-regular basis or else I feel like we can get stuck um, in, in things that maybe aren't right for us. Um, I'd love to hear more about the actual products because you mentioned earlier royal jelly and bee pollen and all of these things that sound so cool, but I just, 
I have never been a beekeeper's assistant like you have. And I, I just am curious the process, um, you know, of like of getting these amazing ingredients to include in your products. Yeah. So it's all very, very different. I mean, we just think of one thing when we think of bees, we think of honey because that's Mm -hmm. the most conventional in North America. But all of these different products are very unique, both in their nutritional profiles and, you know, how you harvest them and how the bees make them. So I'll kind of do a little run through. I'll start with propolis or maybe I'll start with honey because that's the most familiar. So honey, it's the food of the bee. It's you can think of it as the bees carbs or energy source. And how they get it is they collect floral nectars and they'll go from flower to flower and they have a long tube-like tongue and they'll stick their tongue into the flower and suck up this this floral nectar. And they put it into their honey stomach and they have two stomachs, their normal stomach and then their honey stomach. And their honey stomach... (coughs) Excuse me, sorry, I just took a sip of my coffee and swallowed it the wrong way. Sorry, guys. (coughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Really sorry, it's... You're fine. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, so they they go from flower to flower and they suck up this nectar and they store it in their honey stomach, which is basically a nectar backpack. They carry it back to the hive, <laughs> a put it into backpack. home. <laughs> yeah, that's what the honey stomach is. It's I literally like that. a nectar backpack. <laughs> um, yeah, so they put it into the comb. They evaporate water out and it kind of ferments. Then it becomes it. They, they basically make it into the honey that we know and love. And, and yeah, it's the energy source for the hive. So it's their basic food, it's their carbs. And for humans, I mean, we, we know honey as a nutritious sweetener, and it's definitely the healthiest option when it comes to sweeteners. is a lower glycemic index than sugar. And then it also has some really amazing nutritional properties. So some of the nutritional properties of honey, it's antiviral, it's really high in antioxidants. It's... Um, it's actually really great for helping you to calm down. So when you take honey, it allows a slow, steady spike in insulin, which allows the tryptophan to cross the blood-brain barrier, and then it's converted into serotonin and then melatonin in the dark. So I actually do a teaspoon of honey with a pinch of Himalayan salt before bed. Oh, uh, it's okay. really, really helpful to kind of calm the body down and get into that sleep zone. Huh. I use our I use our CBD honey. So we have um, a honey called Be Chill, and it's a raw honey with mm-hmm. – a little bit of MCT oil and then seep and high potency CBD. And so doing that with a pinch of salt, really good to calm the body down in the evening. And then the other reason honey's really good before bed is because it stores glycogen levels in the liver. So sometimes if your glycogen levels are depleted, your body will sort of wake itself up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So help it, so having honey before bed helps you to sleep through the night. So that's you know just some little little honey hacks right there um but yeah so so honey is the carb source of the bees for humans it's super nutritious you want to make sure that you're eating raw and pasteurized honey and you definitely want to make sure that you know the source because even organic honey can you know have pesticides in it and so Mm -hmm. you want to be really careful with that but that is honey and then propolis is totally different so people always think propolis is like some sort of and we make a propolis throat spray. And so people always think it's a honey spray. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. So what propolis is, how it's, how it's made is the bees will collect plant and tree resins. So think about things like sap and pine pollen and the different sort of plant and tree resins um, versus the floral nectar. So the bees, it comes from a different base ingredient. So the bees are collecting plant and tree resins and they put it through their enzymatic process and they make this sticky substance. It's a sticky sort of amber colored substance. And that is propolis, and they use propolis to line the hive and keep it germ-free. So, oh wow, propolis. While honey is basically the carb source and the energy source of the bees, propolis is very much the bees' medicine. Yeah. So they literally are, you know, lining the hive walls. They use it to line the inside of the cells for baby bees to create a sterile environment for newborns. Oh, so cute! <laughs> I know it's really, really cute. They have a propolis mat at the front door so to like disinfect everyone as they come in. And this is a really interesting propolis fact. So let's say a predator gets into the hive like a mouse. Mm -hmm. The bees can kill it and sting it, but they can't physically carry a dead mouse out of the hive. That's a little out of their weight class. So what they'll actually do once they sting and kill the mouse is they'll mummify it in propolis. And propolis is that powerful of an antimicrobial, antibacterial agent that it protects the entire hive from a decaying rodent in their living room. So it's a super powerful protector. (laughs) 
they're so smart. I know. I know. Don't even get me started. They're like, <laughs> I'm obsessed. But propolis, so in the beehive, it functions as the bee's medicine, the building blocks of their immune system. And then for humans, it again, like functions in very much the same way. So there's over 300 beneficial compounds found in propolis. It's antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial, and anti-inflammatory. So it's really, really great for cold, flu, sore throat, and then also for just boosting your immune system and preventing any sort of illness. Mm -hmm. And another really cool thing about propolis is even though it's relatively unknown in North America, it's definitely not a new superfood or substance. I mean, the first recorded use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. It was wow. it was used by Aristotle. It was used by Hippo uh, it was used by Hippocrates. Um, Cleopatra is known to have used propolis. They used it in the mummification process. In the 17th century, it was actually listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. So for a very, very long time across cultures, propolis has really been used to heal. And it's it's sort of used as a general protector, an antibacterial agent, um, and a healer. Mm -hmm. And so I use propolis every day just as a general immune booster. And we have a lot of customers who use it at the first signs of a sore throat, we have customers who use it all during cold and flu season. It's anti-inflammatory, so it's really effective for allergies. And it's really, the nice thing about propolis too is unlike some other, unlike, well, antibiotics, but also some even some things on the natural side that are antibacterial, they can be really disruptive to the gut, like oil of mm -hmm. oregano, for example. Mm -hmm. It can be kind of damaging. So propolis, it's just as powerful as an antibacterial agent, but unlike some of it, the, some of the uh, antibacterial alternatives, it doesn't totally throw off your gut. It's full of prebiotic. It's full of prebiotics. It's highly enzymatic, and it's just a little bit more gentle on your system. So, people who are autoimmune, who tend to be really reactive to a lot of the things that they're given, they tend to tolerate propolis really well. And then for the average person, it's awesome because it packs the antibacterial punch that you need, but it's not going to completely throw your body out of whack. Um, and then beyond its immune boosting properties, it's actually really great for gut health. We have a ton of customers who use propolis for things like colitis, um, anything what? with, yeah, anything with like intestinal inflammation because it's such a powerful anti-inflammatory agent. What it's have really we been great. doing with our lives? We're just I know. sitting here like, can I just dunk my whole body in propolis? Like this is Honestly, amazing. It's so it's so crazy. I literally use propolis for everything and it's starting you're starting to see it more in skincare products, even in hair care, because it's anti inflammatory, it's so high in antioxidants, it's just a really nutritive substance. Mm -hmm. But the most common use for it is as, as an immune booster. Amazing. It's it's really effective for that. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm I use it every single day, but I need yeah. to get all like I just I'm just so overwhelmed right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I will hook it up, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you guys all these products to try for sure. So yes, and maybe we can even do a discount code for your listeners too for anyone. That who would wants be to try amazing because, like, if anyone's listening right now, like when this episode comes out, people are gonna be rushing to your website. I feel like because this is just like mind blowing. And how <laughs> have the European countries hidden this from us? <laughs> it's so it's so interesting. So honeybees are not native to North America. Uh -huh. So when they were brought over here, I feel like a lot of their magic was kind of lost mm. because we really only knew to get the sort of obvious stuff from them like honey and then using them for pollination. Right. But across other cultures, it is really well known. It, it's it's so interesting. Like, And a lot of it, too, is now that I'm aware of it. Like I remember being in Costa Rica and I was at a corner store there and they had like propolis eardrops for swimmers here. Wow. So wow. We're, we are we are like definitely late on the uptake here, but um, we're trying to change that and yeah. teach people about the merits of these different bee products. Um, That's people, so cool. You can also really use propolis topically. So I mentioned that it was used in skincare, mm -hmm. but I'll even use our propolis spray if I have like a scrape or if I ever burn myself, I spray propolis on it because it's such a powerful um, anti-inflammatory agent and I've seen people use it on things like herpes, like topical, wow. just sort of viral things. It's it's really effective and really easy for your body to integrate. So it, it's a really beneficial thing to just kind of have in the medicine cabinet. That's amazing. And I mean, you are certainly leading the charge, which is so awesome. I don't think 
I I haven't seen any other companies doing this, which is amazing. Um, so props to you for like finding this magic and sharing it with the world. Um, so I'm super curious. I know you're on the um, Forbes 30 under 30 list, and I think that's incredible. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what does that feel like? Yeah, um, it's funny. It's, I mean, of course, it's a huge honor, but it's really a testament to the fact that I stumbled upon a really amazing class of products. I, I happened to just find something that works really, really well, um, coupled with the incredible team that, that I have. Um, I, we, you know, it's been a lot of hard work and we have a long way to go. We're still a little baby startup, but I think we've just kind of, I, we've just all kind of had our head down working and, um, our customers and the rest of the world is starting to really kind of notice what we're putting out there. So it's, it's a huge honor. It's, it's really exciting. It's amazing. Just soak it all in. It's so awesome. I have a random question and then I want to jump back to this topic, but if you're allergic to bees, can you still use like propolis or, you know, I don't know if there's certain products like you can't use. I'm just curious for our listeners. So usually you can. Allergies are so case specific. We have so bee venom, the the stuff that goes into you and a bee stings you. It's mm-hmm. a different. It's a completely different um, substance than propolis or honey or anything like that. So there's you know there's some people who are highly allergic to bee venom mm-hmm. who are totally fine with things like propolis, pollen, honey, you name it. Interesting. Um, there's other people who aren't. So for people who do have a severe bee al- allergy, we always suggest that you consult a doctor and I mean when you have a severe allergy you should really consult a doctor generally when integrating a new thing Um, and then when you do use it if you're a little bit concerned start with like a patch test like spray a little bit on your arm see Mm -hmm. how your body reacts to it and just proceed with caution and um, be careful because yes propolis and all these different stuff it's all these different products they're completely natural Mm -hmm. and we have a pretty broad customer base that's loving them um, and we kind of cater to the people with sort of autoimmune deficiencies and unique allergies and unique illnesses. Uh, but it's really important to just take care of yourself mm-hmm. and not everything is going to work for every person in the world, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we tell people to sort of start small and see what happens. Yeah, a patch and test. It's always a good idea said from someone who has had reactions in the past, like after covering my whole, you know, face or body in something. So always a good idea to start there. Um, And then I wanted to jump back. So kind of on the Forbes track. And it's interesting, I feel like, especially with your financial background. And if this is something you don't feel comfortable you know talking about that's totally fine um but I'm curious what it was like to raise a round of funding what was that like for you so I had a really positive experience fundraising um I went in so it was interesting I went in with a real chip on my shoulder because when I left Goldman everyone thought I was insane Mm -hmm. I was told and specifically because what I left Goldman to do sounded crazy it wasn't, I, I think the fact that, you know, if I left Goldman and I was like, I'm starting a clean beauty company or I'm starting a raw chocolate company, at least there's some like precedent for that. Mm-hmm. At least that's like a <laughs> concept that people can understand. But telling people I'm starting a bee product company and then they go, oh, okay, what does that mean? Like honey? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 not honey, the other stuff. Right. They're like, okay, this girl is crazy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, are you selling bees. So people really, because there's, there was no precedent for what I was doing. Um, people just didn't understand why I would leave such a good thing for something that literally makes no sense. But that was my whole opportunity because there's no precedent. There's no one else doing it. Um, that's my opportunity to be sort of first to market and, and build a brand and build a company around this, these really unique products that are really effective. So I went into the fundraising process with a real chip on my shoulder. I was really scared that uh, people were going to think it was a joke because most people in my life thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, people were people were really strongly encouraging me to stay in finance, and, or so you know, they're like they're like if you're really not happy, pursue a job in tech or something else, or leverage the the Goldman Sachs resume situation to 
to do something, please don't destroy your life with a really stupid startup <laughs> idea. You're like, no, the bees. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was, I also, I had bootstrapped the company. I had put all my savings into it. And so mm-hmm. people were, it came from a good place, but they were very scared for me. Um, and, you know, I looked back and that was such a fortunate thing to happen because to experience that level of doubt and have to persevere. Right. It, it forced me as somebody who wasn't super confident to have to build my confidence uh, and really be able to draw on myself for support. And that has carried me because time and time again in a startup, you have to dig into that sort of personal reservoir of I'm a badass mm-hmm. <laughs> and like self-confidence. Um, but anyways, all of that amounted to me being really, really scared to start fundraising because who is going to understand what I'm doing or believe in this. And that fear in in combination with the fact that I'm insanely type A forced me Mm -hmm. to do a lot of research. So I went into fundraising as prepared as you can be. And yes, I had a financial background. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's how anyone should go into fundraising. And, And yes, I had a background in finance, but I didn't have a background in starting a company or business or an MBA or you know, like I, I mm-hmm. in many, in many ways I came into it cold and I just, I used a lot of resources that are accessible to anyone, everything from podcasts to books, um, to, you know, blogs. I, I read all of it and I did a really good job of reading case studies using things like consumer insights, um, trying to get a really clear picture of growth for any company that's remotely similar like mine and I just sort of attacked it in a big way so when I went into fundraising and I pitched this crazy concept I was so unbelievably ready to answer any question Mm -hmm. and when you can answer nearly all questions and when you can predict the questions that are going to be asked and you have a really good answer sort of canned um, people tend to trust you because you've done your homework (laughs) and I did not I did not that that's not to say that I'm more intelligent than anyone else or more capable. I'm certainly not like I'm just a hard worker, but I worked really, really hard at it and I anticipated the situation and I prepped for it. And mm-hmm. that is something that anybody can do. And because of that, the fundraising process was not as hard as it could have been. And, um, I think, you know, I, I gained momentum and that's what happens generally when you're pitching if you're if you're pitching and the pitches are going really well and you can sort of lightning quick answer any question that's thrown at you and really show that you have a deep understanding of the market a really strong plan and a really clear path forward and then a bunch of different contingency plans mm-hmm. it tends to make people feel comfortable yep and i also i was really practiced at because especially because what i'm doing is hard to understand conceptually mm-hmm. i had to really get clear on how I can break this down for people in different industries and really explain it. And I think that's something that's really important. Um, often people, when they're explaining the things they're working on, it can be a little bit convoluted or it makes sense to them based on their background. Mm-hmm. But you should be able to explain what you're doing to a five-year-old. Right. And that's something that's really important for pitching because the last thing you want to do is, and it does not matter how intelligent you sound, if the person you're pitching doesn't understand what you're saying and you're not able to clarify it, then like it's game over. So mm-hmm. do your homework in a big way, anticipate the questions. It's really easy to anticipate the questions. There's so many resources it's online and be able to explain what you're doing, no matter how complex it is to a five-year-old. Yeah. What great insight. I thank you for sharing that. I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, founders and business owners will kind of keep that part of um, their business close to their chest. And I think it's it's really important for people to see the work that goes into it. It's not just showing up into a room and, you know, explaining this idea and then you have money. It's it's tons of research that goes into it. Um, I also really loved that you said that like you acknowledge that you did a good job because I think so often as women we kind of downplay it like oh yeah like I I did this research and like put a lot of work into it but you know it's fine like it's not a big deal but it is a big deal when when you take the time and um you know you put your whole efforts into it and you really 
learn what you're trying to do and learn the process that you're going into. I think that's so important and such a good message to share um, with people um, and with young women. And I think in general, I think so often we doubt ourselves. And um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. I I totally agree. I think it's really important. And Mm -hmm. I do see a lot of that kind of doubt and that sort of sentiment with women. And I've definitely experienced it before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is something that's really important to highlight. Yeah. So um, winding down a little bit. So I posed this question in our Facebook group today, and I'm really interested in what you have to say about it. So um, what is one non-negotiable self-care act that you do every single day, no matter how tired you are, no matter how much time you have, um, that you just can't live without? Um, one thing that I've been doing every day is a gratitude list. I have a five minute journal. And so every morning I write down three things that I'm thankful for. And then every night I write down three amazing things that happened that day. And I think that changes your entire day, starting the day like that and ending the day like that, no matter how challenging it was, what, what went on in between taking stock of the positive really allows you to kind of hold perspective. And that's what you need for success. When you're doing something that's really hard, you need to be able to take a moment and remember the thing, the wonderful things that happen because there are wonderful things every day. Mm-hmm. You can always find them. Um, and if you can't see them, then you need to work on your ability to find them. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's a big one. Oh, by the way, guys, I kind of didn't answer it. You specifically asked about Royal jelly and I just realized I, I, Ooh, didn't explain I that still want to know. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. We were so like overwhelmed by propolis and it's amazingness, <laughs> but I totally want to hear about Royal jelly too. Yeah. So just jumping back. So just to recap, so honey, it's the carbs and energy source of the hive. And for humans, it's a healthy sweetener. It's, full of antioxidants and it has the ability to help calm the body down. Um, also full of live enzymes. It's actually the only food on the planet that never goes bad, which is a testament to its enzyme quality. Propolis is the medicine of the hive. It's the immune system of the hive for humans. It's kind of like the OG antibiotic. It's, um, an immune booster. It's anti-inflammatory. It's really good for gut health, but it's awesome for preventing and then recovering from cold and flu as well. And then royal jelly, you can think of as the superfood of the hive. So in the hive, royal jelly is the exclusive food of the queen bee. And if you look at the queen bee versus regular bees, the queen bee will live three to five years versus a regular bee's six to eight weeks during foraging season. The queen bee can lay around 1,500 babies a day versus a regular female bee that doesn't have reproductive organs. And the queen bee is way, way more robust. And so, you know, the main difference from the queen to regular is that the queen lives on this exclusive royal jelly diet and the other bees just really eat honey and pollen. So there's obviously some magic going on in the hive. And then for humans, across cultures, royal jelly has been used for so many things. It's, you know, it's been used for a very long time across different cultures as an anti-aging tonic. It has immunomodulatory properties that help to balance your immune system really, really high in antioxidants. Um, in traditional Chinese medicine, it's often used to balance fertility and mm-hmm. so and balance hormones. So we have a lot of um, TCM practitioners and acupuncturists who will put their clients coming off birth control or their clients who are trying to boost fertility on royal jelly, which is really interesting. And I actually saw one study and it was focused on, um, and that, that goes for both men and women for hormonal balance, but I saw one study that was focused on men and it found that men who consumed royal jelly, their sperm basically improved across all parameters, which is really Mm. cool. Mm -hmm. And then in the Western world, um, and, you know, we build our products, we like to look at all different cultures. Um, We like to look at Ayurveda. We like to look look at traditional Chinese medicine. But ultimately, when we make the final executive decision on our formulation, we're pulling on third-party medical studies in the Western world because we, our whole tagline is naturally sourced obsessively tested. And what we're trying to do is build an all natural line based on science. Mm. So looking in the Western world, a lot of the focus on Royal jelly has been on its effects on the brain. And we do know that Royal jelly has some pretty profound effects on the brain. So there's one study that came out of university of Warsaw and it found that regular consumption of Royal jelly can actually improve your spatial reasoning, which is pretty exciting. And we know that Royal jelly is just an incredible, um, an incredible superfood for the brain because it's really high in acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter 
responsible for brain-body connection. So you can think of royal jelly as helping to optimize and speed up your transmission system. So really good for focus, memory, concentration. And then the other thing about royal jelly is it contains these two fatty acids called 10-HDA and AMPN1 oxide. And these two fatty acids, they're only found in royal jelly. They're only naturally occurring in royal jelly. And they act as a catalyst for neurogenesis. They, they basically help the brain to create new, fresh neurons. So what? <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. So they, they promote BDNF. And um, for anybody who we have a lot of customers who are struggling or recovering from concussions, and they use we make these shots wow. called Felix or brain fuel. And they're they're basically like all natural brain shots. And they're really great for focus, memory, concentration, but they're really amazing for healing and recovery. And then also just promoting focus, memory and concentration. Like I take them, I take them pretty much five days a week and I, I only do half a shot and it's, we're big on like high potency formulas with mm. short ingredient lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for some people they take a full vial for some people they take a half. It's really what works for your body. But it, these shots basically for me, it's like, it helps me to get in the zone. Like you notice this sort of cutting through the fog. They're really helpful for jet lag. But Royal Jelly, it's a really great thing to incorporate if you're looking to boost memory, focus, concentration, um, but also if you want to just promote a sort of a healthy aging brain, reduce your odds of neurodegenerative conditions, and then for people with concussions, it can be a really important natural ingredient to um, to help your brain uh, if you're trying to follow a natural protocol. It's so cool. I just like don't even have any other words than like there's so many cool things that bees produce that are so helpful to us and I I honestly you know when we you we were mentioning earlier you know obviously everyone knows about honey and that was kind of the extent of my knowledge so you've totally enlightened me um and one thing I'd love to end on because I think this is like the coolest campaign ever and I'm all about it um is your my queen bee campaign so I saw on um your Instagram feed for International Women's Month, um, you're encouraging everyone to tag, you know, someone who's inspired you, a girl boss that you look up to. So I'd love to know who yours is right now. So thank you for mentioning that campaign. We're really excited about it. So just to explain what it is, and um, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it's going on for the entire month. Next Tuesday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. So anyone, anyone listening can totally get involved. So basically, we are a benefit corp. We are, as much as we're about healing the world and providing clean alternatives, we're also all about saving the bees. We practice sustainable beekeeping, and we're, you know, I'm obsessed with bees, of course, and we're all about educating about what's happening and how you can kind of be a part of the solution. So we partner with UC Davis Bee Research, and we have this campaign where we're encouraging people to post who their queen bee is. And that's just an inspirational woman in their life. And, you know, the hive, beehive, it's a matriarchal society. So it's pretty unique in nature that it's kind of like female boss run. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we're encouraging people to post and use the my queen bee hashtag with the bee emoji at the end. And for every person who posts, we're going to donate a dollar to UC Davis Bee Research. So it's a really cool way to highlight incredible women and support other women in your life um, and then also give back to a really important cause because the bees pollinate one third of our food supply and if we lose the bees goodbye to our ecosystem at large so it's pretty important Um, but to answer that question who my queen bee is so I have I'm really fortunate to have a lot of incredible women in my life Um, I try to surround myself by people who inspire me and I really believe you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with um, there's a lot of incredible females on my team right now. I think when I did my post, I highlighted, uh, one of our, our team members, I highlighted our creative director who I work really closely with and I'm so inspired by. Um, but I'm really inspired by all the women on, on my team. Um, we have a lot of really strong females. Our social media coordinator is a woman. We have two incredible women who lead customer service. Um, our office manager, is a strong female. Uh, one of the leads in our warehouse is a super badass woman who's just managing a bunch of dudes, uh, and the list goes on. So I'm I'm really inspired, and I'm inspired, of course, by the men on my team as well. I just have a really incredible team. But mm-hmm. focusing on the females in in lieu of Women's Month, um, it really is all the women on my team because they have come to this 
business to this fast paced startup where they're expected to work their asses off and Mm -hmm. have to wear a lot of hats. And they've really taken my dream and vision and made it their own. Um, And they come at it with a lot of strength and um, a lot of bravery. And a lot of them are constantly thrown sort of into the water and have to learn to swim and they do it. And I am constantly impressed and inspired and it pushes me to work harder seeing what these incredible women do. I love that. That's that's so amazing and such a great note to end the podcast on, I think. And we'll definitely be posting our um, Queen Bee posts next week after the podcast comes out. So everyone look out for those. Um, but Carly, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm just like so invigorated right now. I want to go and get my own bees, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are just so grateful to you and for what you're doing. And we really feel like this is going to blow up so much in the next few years and we cannot wait to see where this where your company goes where you go and just what impact this will have on the community thank you guys so much you guys are amazing and I just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my story and my passion with your incredible community of course so um for everyone listening where can they find you so you can find us on our website. It's beekeepersnaturals.com. We also sell our products on Amazon. Um, and then we're on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Our Instagram is beekeepers underscore naturals. We have an awesome Instagram page. It's got everything. It is from, amazing. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, we have everything. For, and I can't take credit for it because that is all my team. Um, but we have everything from bee facts to incredible recipes to a lot of product knowledge Um, Just a lot of really inspiring content. And then we also have the best blog. And I know I'm biased, but um, (laughs) we have some really amazing articles that go out. And it's not just we're trying to really educate and help people lead a better life in all respects. So we have Mm -hmm. content around sustainability. We have content around general health and wellness, um, all kinds of really cool stuff. And we love when people write in and ask us questions and we can do like a deep dive blog post around it. So feel free to let us know what what you want to see. So cool. We definitely will. Um, for our listeners, as always, you can find us at detoxandchillpodcast.com on Instagram. Um, don't forget to check out our event coming up April 4th. It's just like a week or two away. So, so excited. Gut health is the topic. Charity Lighten from Silver Fern Brand is going to be there talking to us. And we're going to do some yoga, have dig in for dinner, and it's going to be amazing. So get your tickets. Um, join our secret Facebook group. We have great conversations on there. And we're so grateful for you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.